Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and I am so excited to be here for another episode with you. This is episode 114 here on the podcast. So we are just moving right along into the 100s, the episodes in the 100s. I've been doing this podcast for about two years, maybe a little over two years. So it's really cool to see the episodes um, just continue to grow. So let's see, I wanted to start out, today is Monday, uh, January 25th. And, you know, I kind of wish more people would start their podcasts out with the date. I think it is just really grounding to, to kind of have the date and kind of know when the person is talking, especially when they talk about events that they're doing or things that are happening in the world. It's just kind of nice to have some reference point. So here we are on January 25th. Can't believe the month is almost done and we're almost looking at the second month of the year, 2021. Unbelievable. So here we are. I wanted to start out to share a little bit about the workshop I did this weekend because I think it might be something, you know, in terms of process that you might be interested in hearing more about. I know as yoga teachers, you know, sometimes we spend a lot of time prepping for our classes. And I know from talking to yoga teachers, they, they do actually quite a bit of planning for the classes that they teach. I wanted to also share, however, you know, this idea that for teachers teaching workshops, you might actually feel a good amount of stress when it comes to teaching a workshop because it's just more time that you need to fill. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to offer up the workshop agenda that I created for my workshop on myofascial release that I taught yesterday to you. And I'm happy to share the logic behind it, share the actual agenda with you, including the timeframes for each segment of the agenda so that you could just basically leverage what I've done, customize it further if you want, or just literally 
you know, use it as is to teach your own workshop. So let me just tell you a little bit about in general what the goal of this workshop was. This workshop was designed for students, not necessarily teachers, although teachers could take it, but it was really geared more towards the practitioner. So teaching the practitioner what myofascial release is as a technique, as a wellness and self-care technique, and giving them um, a primer on how to use foam rollers and myofascial release balls. And to also go into some of the information about what fascia is and, and how it's different from other structural components of the musculoskeletal system. So how it's different from bone, how it's different from muscle, and what is really happening when you use a foam roller or an MFR ball. So that's the, the point of the workshop to really give people the background because I don't know about you, but you know, before COVID, when I was going to the gym, I could tell that people plowing their body over these foam rollers had clearly no idea what they were doing. And the reason I knew that is because one of the primary things was the speed with which they were going going over the foam roller was so fast that it, it basically was a big reveal to me that they really had never talked to anybody about what a foam roller is. And it's really kind of sad that in gyms, and I've mentioned this before, you know, these days trainers really don't talk to people in the gym unless they're doing a one-on-one -on -one session. And as a certified personal trainer, although I don't perform work as a trainer, I have a background as a trainer, uh, and certifications as a trainer. I know if I were working in a gym, I would be all about chatting with people and finding out more about what their goals are, what they're interested in doing, uh, even if I wasn't getting paid for that. You know, I can remember back in the day, going to the gym was all about conversing with the trainers that work there. And it's kind of a bummer that now it seems like you go to the gym and the only people you talk to are the trainers if you're paying them for a session. Um, I digress. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the idea of the myofascial release uh, session or workshop is to really give people, uh, to really arm them with information about um, MFR so that they can integrate it into their day. And this is always a really fun workshop too because it's more than just presentation. It's also movement and it's also using the MFR tools. So it really gives people a full experience. So if you're interested in getting this agenda and finding out a little bit more about the logic behind it, all you need to do is send me a DM or an email and I'm happy to set up a free consult with you to go over it. So you can get me on Instagram at barebonesyoga, you can email me at karen at barebonesyoga.com. So that's the first thing I wanted to mention. The second thing I wanted to mention is that this Saturday, January 30th, is my wellness event, my virtual wellness event, the Bare Bones Yoga Virtual Wellness Saturday. And it's going to be a full day from nine in the morning to three in the afternoon with a couple of breaks of mini wellness sessions, everything from yoga to meditation, to journaling, to tarot card reading, to a presentation on neuroscience. It's going to be so much fun, so informative. I can't even impress upon you the benefit you will get from coming to this uh, all day event. And so what I wanna do is let you know that 
I've extended early bird pricing into Wednesday of this week. And so if you sign up between now and Wednesday, you're still going to get the low ticket price of $99. And there are only three spots left. And I know that you are out there, three people who are interested in this event. So to get to the registration page, to check it out and to maybe sign up, just go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, go to the events page and you'll be all set. You will see the uh, event link there. If you have any trouble, just send me an email or a DM and I'm happy to directly provide you with the link to sign up. I would love to see you there. The last thing I wanted to mention to you, and this kind of piggybacks with uh, the offer I just shared with you for the wellness event, is I want you to think about how much you are willing to invest in your learning as a yoga teacher. And the reason I am thinking about this is because over the past few weeks, I've gotten some emails from teachers who initially contacted me because they knew that I had a specialty program on anatomy and they wanted to find out how to enroll. And through some back and forth emailing with them, both of the teachers I was speaking to basically came down to saying, I don't have any money to invest right now. And so I totally get that. I know that everybody's financial situation is different. I want you to think though, what is your financial situation when it comes to investing in your learning and growing as a yoga teacher? Because I know oftentimes, and I don't know if this is something that's specific to yoga teachers or just the general public, but I know oftentimes people's knee jerk reaction is to say, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. And I want you to think about if that is a true statement, and you might find yourself getting really defensive right now saying, of course, it's a true statement. I don't have the money. And again, I am, I'm not living in your head. I'm not living your life. I don't know what your situation is. And so I don't, I'm not here to, to question your decision. What I'm asking you though, to do is to be really honest with yourself that that is actually a true statement because if you are looking to grow as a yoga teacher, why would you not be interested in investing money into a program or something? And I'm not saying any of my programs, I'm just saying any program in order to help you grow. Now, yes, there are times in life when we have to put those kinds of goals to the side and just kind of live off free information in order to grow. And there's, you know, great free information out there. I mean, I do this podcast as free information and I put my heart and soul into it. And I know when I learn from other teachers and other entrepreneurs, I oftentimes learn from their free content and it's a great way to do it. However, one thing I want you to keep in mind, and this is absolutely germane to my training path. And I know from other programs that I've invested in, with other people, it's germane to theirs as well. You will never get as much from free content as you will get out of a paid program. And the reason is because free content is kind of sort of all over the place. One day it's about this, one day it's about that, the next day it's about this, the next day it's about that. Anyone's paid offering 
is going to be structured and most often step-by-step. And so from that kind of learning process, you're always going to get more value and you're always going to get better results. So what I want you to do, and you don't have to do this, but I'm just suggesting it, is I want you to think about, and I'm going to present it to you in one of two ways. I could invest X amount of dollars this year in my training as a yoga teacher, and that would be one lump sum. Or the other scenario is, I could invest X amount of dollars every month in my training as a yoga teacher. And the reason I presented it to you that way is because now more than ever, people are offering their programs in a month to month installment format. And I think that that's a nod to the economy and what's happening right now that people don't often have $1,000 all at once, but they might have something like 70 bucks a month. So I want you to just think about that And if you find yourself reacting and saying, I don't have any money, it's better to know that, right? It's better to know that and own that and come up with a really good plan to leverage free content. However, if you're honest with yourself and you feel like, you know what, I could probably afford 50 bucks a month or something along those lines, then you're going to be armed with that information. So when you see a program you're interested in, you'll be able to make a good decision. So that's just kind of an inquiry piece that I wanted to add in. So I want to start out today's topic. And if you saw the title of the podcast, you have an idea. We're going to talk about teaching private yoga. So I want you to start out. I'm going to give you a little kind of question here, inquiry question, and see if this sparks any thoughts for you. So the question is, are you worried about what yoga teaching will be like now that we're heading into the one year anniversary of the lockdown. And so, you know, depending on where you live, you may have gone into official quarantine at a different period of time. I think for the most part, most of the world shut down. I know most of the United States shut shut down in March. And of course, depending on where you live, you may be in different stages of, you know, freedom to move about. We're looking at this specifically through the lens of teaching yoga in a studio or a gym or other, you know, public forum. If you are like most places as a teacher, you're probably not teaching in person, either because you have apprehensions about it. The studio you taught for is closed permanently. The studio you teach for is closed temporarily or, you know, some variation of that. Maybe you you could teach in a studio in person, but the student community is still on hold and people are just generally not showing up because they're worried. So I want you to kind of just take a moment and think about how do you feel? How do you feel about yoga teaching? And what do you think it's going to be like as we kind of head into that one year anniversary? What is it like where you're at right now? And The next part of that question is, are you ready with a plan? Are you ready with a plan to create opportunities for yourself to teach yoga? You know, this is not the kind of industry where you're going to kind of go on a job board and apply for a job. This is a, an industry where it really takes dedication, a strategy, elbow grease, footwork, guerrilla marketing to really create opportunities for yourself to teach. 
And it's not the kind of situation for the shy or bashful. It is really the kind of thing where you, you really need to believe in yourself, stand up for yourself and not be afraid to put yourself out there with offers, with opportunity requests, with, you know, statements of, of here's a benefit that I can provide you through this program. So if you're finding that you're hesitant to do that, or that feels pushy or salesy, that's definitely something you're going to want to address because in order to build your business, you're going to need to get beyond those concerns and really start to focus on the benefits that people will gain by coming to your sessions. So that's kind of a separate topic. It's just something I want to mention because it's definitely, definitely when you start to think about the benefits, you will speak to those and any of those feelings you have about being salesy or pushy will fall by the wayside. And you will just be so into sharing with people what they can potentially gain from seeing you for private sessions that, you know, if you truly believe it, which I hope you do, right? I want you to only say what you truly believe. It will come out naturally and authentically, and people will just naturally gravitate to seeing you for one-on-one sessions or maybe even semi-private sessions, which is two people. So today we're going to be covering this topic of teaching privates. And I want to kind of look at it both from the anatomical perspective, meaning, you know, kind of your approach to teaching at the teaching level. And I want to also look at it from the business perspective, from the perspective of kind of building a strategy and other aspects of teaching yoga privately. And again, you know, my firm belief, and this is really something that has really gelled for me only in the past couple of weeks. And I think it's in part related to my move and the fact that I moved into a place where I have for the first time a separate room where I can see people privately. And it's really got me thinking about you know, how do I want to show up for clients? You know, what kind of location do I want? You know, what, what do I want the, the location to, to look like, the room to look like? You know, do I really believe this is something that could take off? And, you know, when I started to really think about it and when I started to talk to friends and family and, you know, friends of friends and, you know, the realtor agent who, who, was involved in, in the transaction for this place we're in, I started to get a real sense from people that they were much more interested in open to private yoga sessions right now than going to a studio in a public space, you know, with, with lots of other people. And I think this will come back. Matter of fact, in my opinion, it definitely will come back. Uh, I think it's probably going to take into the fall and maybe even later this year when people are, more vac, you know, when more people are vaccinated and there's just less risk of contracting COVID if you're in a room with people who are doing an exercise. Again, this is variable depending on where you live. And you may right now live in a place where people are attending classes in person, and that's great. This obviously is more germane to those who are not. However, keep in mind, you know, the long-term effects of what we are living through right now not just physically, but on our psyche uh, are really yet to be determined. And I think that, 
you know, the, the abruptness of, if you just look at it in terms of yoga and the yoga industry and how consumers consume yoga and other fitness services, the abrupt halt of going in person to a location to take a yoga class or work with a personal trainer or any of that, the abrupt halt of that coupled with the fears around getting sick, I think are going to have a long-term effect on the average consumer. And what that might look like for us as yoga teachers is that there may be an opportunity for us to build a private practice that really lasts long into this year and next year and maybe becomes really a more regular part of how people consume yoga services. I think that also holds true for virtual. I think some of what comes out of this time that we're living through is that people will stay with online yoga and will probably integrate that into their fitness and yoga routines, you know, for the long term. And it won't be something they just drop when they feel like attending yoga classes in person. So having said all of that, let's just take a look at some of the considerations on the business side first, and then we'll go into some of the considerations from an anatomical perspective and kind of a you know, practice perspective. So the first thing that you need to obviously think about is where is, you know, what space do you have in your home that's appropriate for yoga practice? I think given COVID, you're going to want a space that is not super small. You're going to want a space where you can open a window or two. Keep in mind, you're going to wear a mask. Your student is going to wear a mask. And so that's going to decrease risk right out of the gate. But it's going to be important that you have you know, some space, not only just for the obvious, which is the ability to move around, but also so that you have some physical distance between you and the client. The next thing is, what kind of equipment will you need? Are you going to have extra mats that people use? Are you going to ask them to bring their own, which is probably the most logical thing, given some of the concerns around touching surfaces? Um, and what other things might you need to invest in? I've got about 10 yoga blocks. I've got a bunch of yoga blankets. I have a bunch of yoga straps. I have a bunch of yoga mats. So these are things I've accumulated over the years. I would say you're gonna want at least two mats, two straps, and about four blocks at least. Something to think about there, certainly from a financial investment standpoint. The next thing to think about is safety, safety for your client, safety for you. So safety for your client, you know, covers things like when are they coming to see you? Where do you live? Are there any concerns with, you know, parking or access to your building or your home or whatever it is? You're going to want to make sure, of course, that you have up to date homeowners insurance and, you know, all that kind of stuff that covers people in the event they slip and fall in your home. The other aspect to consider is safety for you as a teacher. So you're going to want to make sure that your liability insurance is up to date. If you have any, you know, uh, unfamiliarity with the person that you're seeing, you most likely want to see them during the daytime. If you live with someone, it might be appropriate to be sure that person is home. So you're not alone in your home when you're seeing uh, the yoga student. You know, these are just things to keep in mind. Um, and, and sometimes too, a client can feel a little self-conscious coming to someone's home. So sometimes it can be nice to have somebody else around to just kind of 
have it be a little more conversational. They're not obviously going to be in the same room as where the private's happening, but sometimes it just, you know, might be something that, that uh, can make the client feel a little more comfortable to know that someone else is around in the house. Something to keep in mind as well. The other thing to think about is marketing. How are you going to let people know about your program, know about your offer? If you have a mailing list, this is definitely something that you can put out to your mailing list. If you have social media pages, you know, those are two obvious ways to share that you are open to seeing people one-on-one. -on -one. The other really good way is just word of mouth. And I know <laughs> word of mouth and you know that technique might seem outdated. However, it never goes out of style. And for something like seeing someone privately for yoga sessions, it really works very well. So, you know, again, I can share in my own experience, I have some friends that have friends. I've mentioned it to them. I have two realty agents that I've mentioned it to that were associated with our recent move. Um, the seller agent, the buyer agent, I shared it with them because they see a lot of new people that come into the area, obviously in the line of work that they're in. So those are just some ideas for how you get the word out to people. I've also mentioned it to the mothers that I see uh, their children in my preschool learning pods program. So that's kind of a natural um, kind of additional connection for me with those mothers if they're interested. So, you know, again, I'm sure you have other things in your life that would be a natural bridge to sharing information about uh, the fact that you're offering private yoga sessions. So that's something to keep in mind there. The next thing to think about, and these are not in order because this next one is really one of the first things you should think about is what is your rate? And I'm gonna tell you right out of the gate, I don't care where you live, you should not be uh, offering your private yoga sessions for anything less than $100. In my opinion, the bare minimum you should uh, offer your private yoga sessions for, for one person, for one hour is $100. I've talked to plenty of yoga teachers over the years who are offering private yoga sessions for $40, for $60, for $80. And many times what they say to me is, um, I'm a new teacher. I don't really feel like I'm worth $100 an hour. And to that, I say, how much did you spend on your training? How much have you spent to date on your training? Well, I can tell you that if you graduated from a 200 hour program, I bet you spent at least $2,000 and 200 hours. And so not to say that there's a direct correlation between what you've spent and what you should charge. What I'm saying though is you probably didn't balk and this kind of gets back to the earlier conversation I was having with you about your budget for continuing education you probably didn't balk when you looked at the price of your training. You knew you wanted to be a yoga teacher. You were motivated to sign up for your training. So you found a studio, whatever process you took to evaluate the training program, and then eventually select it that you did. And it was priced at what it was priced at. And you paid that and you went through the program and you graduated. I want you to have kind of, in a way, the same not detached, but the same objective approach to setting your rate. Part of setting your rate as a yoga teacher is going to involve what are other people charging for this kind of service. 
yoga teachers don't often talk about what they make. So this can make this a little bit challenging. However, I think that it's reasonable to um, make the correlation between a private yoga teaching session, a private yoga session and a massage, even though they're different modalities, they are fairly similar. And for the most part, at least in my experience and just in knowing different massage therapists, $100 for a one hour massage session is pretty standard. And it goes up from there, depending on the location and the kind of massage you're getting. Now, are there massages you can get for $50, $80, $65? Sure. You know, I'm not saying this is a hard and fast rule. What I am saying though, is that gives you at least a benchmark outside our industry to compare yourself to. It is a related industry. And also at the end of the day, if you're feeling like you are not worth $100 for a one hour session, or maybe even more, that's really something that I'd ask you to explore. What really is at the heart of it? If it's that you feel like you are inexperienced, I think it would make for perfect exploration to go into what kind of experience do you have? And when do you think you'll be ready? Because in many cases, it's not that you need more training. It's really more that you need to explore why do you feel like you're not ready? And oftentimes what people come up with when they really explore the answer to that question is that they're just afraid. They're afraid to do it. They're afraid they're not going to know, you know, what to do with the client. They're afraid they're going to be asked questions and they're not going to know the answer. And I totally get that. And I understand that, you know, in my own experience of being a teacher, the more experience I got, the more comfortable I felt seeing clients. However, at the beginning, I was nervous, but I did it anyway, because again, back to what I brought up earlier, I knew the value. I was so excited to share the value with people. And keep in mind, when you get an inquiry from someone for a private yoga session, they are highly motivated. And what better person to work with than someone who is not lukewarm, but is highly motivated. So you want to show up fully too, to meet them where they're at and to acknowledge the fact that they're super excited and motivated for healing and for the benefits of yoga. And so when you're working with someone in a private yoga scenario, you're dealing with someone like that, who's bringing that level of energy. And that will really help you kind of meet them where they're at and, and kind of elevate your um, execution on, you know, this idea of, of seeing someone for private yoga sessions. So that's right. The next thing is payment method. Uh, I think right now Venmo is kind of exploding in usage. Um, so Venmo is, is obviously an easy, easy way that people can pay you. I also use Square. I have a Square credit card reader, which just plugs into my iPhone and I can swipe a credit card. I also at times can email people an invoice via PayPal. So those are all ways that, you know, that you can accept payment. Good old cash works. Uh, you could take a personal check if you are willing to do that as well. These are all details you should clarify with the client before you see them in person for that first session. And the last thing is, you know, under this 
topic of business when it comes to, to private yoga is creating an implementation plan. You're going to want to create a plan of action to make your private yoga session strategy a reality. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more at the end of this podcast, how to do that. So now let's take a look at the second part, which is, you know, kind of looking at creating a private yoga portion of your teaching program uh, from an anatomical perspective. So the first thing I would say is when you identify somebody through whatever means that you want to uh, offer private yoga to, and they've already expressed an interest, the first thing you want to do is have an interview with them over the phone. And, you know, this would be the time for you to find out more about why they want to see someone one-on-one for yoga, what their practice history is like, do they have any injuries, you know, all of those kinds of questions that are going to be helpful to review before they come for your first session. You know, having these kinds of interviews before the first session will help you identify if there's any special equipment you need to have in your house, um, help give them a sense of what to expect when they come. You can deal with some of the semantic details, like I was just talking about payment, talk about timing, obviously set the date and time of your session. So these are all things you want to get out of the way on the phone so that when the person shows up for session number one, you both can hit the ground running. You don't want, and this is something I did before years ago, you don't want them to come to their first session and spend the first 25 minutes talking. You want to get them moving as soon as they get there because you want to capitalize on the fact that they're highly motivated and not bring down the energy by having them sit for 20 minutes while you're asking them a bunch of questions. So that's what that initial phone call is all about. Now, in that initial phone call, you're going to want to identify goals. What are the goals this person has? Why are they interested in seeing someone one-on-one? Why don't they just keep practicing online? Why don't they just keep going to the studio? You know, what is it about one-on-one private yoga that interests them? So that's, you know, and you want to know this because from an anatomical standpoint, the goals that they have are going to key right into the sequences you build for them, what you do when they visit you, what kinds of additional techniques and tools you might want to bring in to the session to help them meet their goals. Common goals are things like I want to create increased range of motion in my hip or my shoulder. Another super common thing is I want to heal after an injury or I'm a beginner. I want to learn the nuts and bolts of doing yoga or I've been, you know, off practice or not practicing yoga for a while. I want to get back into it. Sometimes people say, I want to come to privates because I want to quote, learn the right way to do it, which basically means they want to learn the alignment. And that's another, you know, really great opportunity for you to share what you know with them. So finding out what the goals are, getting clear on that on the phone is going to put you in a great position to do a little bit of work before session number one creating a plan for what you're going to do in that first session. Now, the next thing is, again, from an anatomical standpoint, medical clearance if necessary. So if this person is post-op, if this person is post-injury, something significant enough where they had to see a physician, 
are they cleared by their physician to begin private yoga? And you want to be sure that they've literally said to their physician, can I practice yoga <laughs> and gotten the answer? Yes. So that's important. And anything else anatomically that is relevant, if they had a particular injury that you're not familiar with, you're going to want to do some research on that. If they've had an injury that you are familiar with, you're going to want to find out from them on the phone what kind of impact to their functional movement, you know, does this injury leave them with? Any of those kinds of questions is going to give you a lot of great information about what they can and can't do in yoga. If someone is having trouble getting out of bed, that is definitely a big warning sign about you're going to want to do a lot of stuff standing versus someone who can get out of bed without any trouble. If they're having trouble bending down and tying their shoes, that's gonna have implications for, do you do a sequence with them where they're sweeping up to the sky and then bowing forward? Probably not gonna to wanna to do that. So all these you know, things that'll come up in this first conversation on the phone are relevant and will have an impact on what you design as an approach in that first session. Now, creating a customized approach per client is the next piece. And I want you to think about this from the point of view of, let's say you had a handful of, of private clients you were seeing every month and you had one person who had a knee strain. You had another person who was a new client to yoga and they were seeing you to kind of learn the ropes. And then you had a third person who had a good solid yoga practice, however, had kind of fallen off, you know, kind of doing yoga regularly and wanted to come to you to get back into a routine. For each one of those customer avatars, client avatars, you're going to develop a different customized approach. And this is again, one of the primary reasons people come to private sessions over going to a studio or going online. They want something highly customized to them. I currently have um, actually one student I'm seeing virtually privately once a month, and we've expanded our sessions to include wellness goals. So it's been really cool to meet with this person and to not only do physical practice, but also talk about what wellness goals this person has and kind of talk through some of the day-to-day -day strategies that they're using to stay on track with their goals. So this is where the real fun of working with people privately uh, comes into play and will, it will really spurn your creativity and your love of anatomy and your love of yoga because you'll be able to tap into all of that to create a customized approach for each client. Now, one thing I would say in terms of kind of a general approach in these sessions, and this is again grounded in anatomy, is to start out with myofascial release. You know, I've done episodes just on myofascial release itself. You know, the, the benefits of myofascial release have to do with increasing range of motion and decreasing increased tone in muscles that are chronically tight, either from overuse or underuse or bad posture. And so starting your session out with five to 10 minutes of myofascial release will start to kind of warm up the area, decrease, in, decrease uh, chronic tonicity in, in certain muscles, increase range of motion. It's really something we should be doing before all our yoga classes. So that's definitely how you might want to start out.
The next thing that you could do is to do some kind of passive stretching. Now by passive, I don't mean letting them just hang out in their joints. I mean, doing some gentle stretching, some gentle initial movements to get them grounded, to get them more kind of oriented to their body, uh, their physicality, and to kind of shift from their the mental part of their day into their body. So it's all good in terms of, you know, that aspect, that mental aspect. It's also good because you'll have just finished the MFR part. So now their body is ready for a little bit of passive stretching and will respond well to it. After passive stretching, you could move into more active stretch, which could be something a little bit more focused on maybe a particular area of concern they have. So if they have a concern about tight hip flexors because they're a runner, maybe you now take them into some more active stretches for hip flexion, hip flexors. And then from there, moving into dynamic movement. So this is where your quote unquote yoga sequencing would come into play. This would be where you would start to piece together or where you would present to them what you've pieced together in terms of, you know, the actual sequence that you're going to have them go through all peppered throughout that sequence is going to be you know, what you've talked about with them on that initial phone call so that the sequence, you know, is customized to them and the goals that they have. After that dynamic movement portion, you can do some focused strengthening. Now, of course, in the dynamic movement portion, there's already going to be strengthening, you know, inherent in that. However, if you want to pay special attention to, let's say, lateral hip stabilizers, you could have a whole special section of the dynamic movement sequence on balancing poses, for instance. If you want to, you know, strengthen the adductor complex, you could do a whole bunch of postures where hips are in adduction. So that would be that. And then the other thing that, you know, you really could start out with is a postural assessment. To get a baseline in that first session, as to what this person's posture is like, and to look at everything from head positioning to thoracic cage positioning, to hip positioning, to knee positioning, to ankle positioning, you know, in exercise science and personal training, it's called the five kinetic checkpoints. So it's a similar thing in yoga, have people stand in mountain pose and take a look at their posture. And as you begin to take them through the sequencing, you're going to see that posture come to life. So in other words, if someone hunches in Tadasana, you can bet they're going to hunch as they're in all these different standing poses. So, you know, it's no surprise you're going to see that kind of thing carry through. And so it's going to be really good information for you as to what future sessions are going to look like in terms of what you're going to want to work on with your client so that you can help them strengthen muscles that need to be strengthened and lengthen muscles that need to be lengthened. And you know, when they start doing all of that, they're going to feel absolutely amazing. And that's going to encourage them to come back again. So those are all the components. Let me just kind of review here what, what they are. So on the business side, we want to look at space in your home, equipment, safety, liability, marketing, rate, payment method, and creating an implementation plan. On the anatomical practice side of things, we want to look at doing that first interview over the phone, identifying the goals of the client, making sure there's medical clearance if that's necessary, 
creating a customized approach per client, including things like MFR, passive stretch, active stretch, dynamic movement, strengthening, and postural assessment in your sessions. So now that we've gone through all of that, you know, you might be thinking, oh my God, this sounds awesome, but I'm completely overwhelmed or I'm totally freaked out, or I definitely can relate to that idea of, I want to teach privates and I definitely think it's where the industry is going right now, but I just have no idea how to pull it all together. So I've got you covered there. What I want to do is I want to offer you a free strategy session. Now here's the deal. You need to set this up with me before February 15th. And this is free. <laughs> so all of that we talked about earlier regarding your budget, you don't have to budget anything for this friends. It is free. I am giving this to you as a gift, as an investment in your business, in your growth as a teacher. So if you are interested in building a private practice and you're concerned about how, and you don't take me up on this offer, I really don't know why you wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, I actually offer a free consult to every single person that joins my mailing list. And I have about 10 to 20 people a week that do, and no one ever wants that. And it always is baffling to me. And I've kind of revamped it multiple times in terms of how I present it. I don't know, maybe people don't want to talk on the phone or maybe they're concerned about being judged. I want you to know that you have nothing to fear. My only desire is to help you, you know, grow as a teacher. And the best way to do it is to get you on the phone and to talk to you. There's only so much you can do via email. So really, really, and truly, if this is something that's interesting to you, don't wait, DM me, Bare Bones Yoga, send me an email, Karen at barebonesyoga.com and say, yes, I want to set up my one-on-one -on -one session with you to build out my strategy for setting up a private yoga practice. And the other thing you can do if you're ready to like really take charge of things is get on the wait list for my anatomy program, the blueprint learning program. Now keep in mind, don't do this if you've done what we talked about at the beginning of the episode and you know you have no money to spend. That's not a bad thing, that's okay. I just want you to take the time to assess honestly where you're at right now in your life, where you're at right now in your yoga teaching career, if you determine you have some money to invest in your training and you know that it could really help you grow and go the places you want to go as a yoga teacher, get on the wait list. I'll tell you more about the program and the next time it's going to open for enrollment. To get on the wait list, all you gotta do is go to my website and click the link barebonesyoga.com. You'll see the link for the waitlist on the homepage. So we are done. We are done with this episode. If you are still listening, I want to thank you so much for listening through to the end. And if you are still listening, will you contact me on Instagram, barebonesyoga, and let me know what you liked about this episode. I'm assuming since you're listening at the end of this episode, all the way up until the end, it must have been something that kept you connected. So I'd love to know what that is. So send me a DM or tag me somehow. Let me know. Comment on one of my posts. I would love to know more. Thank you so, so much for listening. Also, don't forget, you can still sign up for my wellness event. I got to squeak that in. Three people are out there that I know are perfect 
for these last three spots in the Bare Bones Yoga Wellness event I'm doing, the Wellness Saturday, this coming Saturday, January 30th. I would love for one of the spots to go to you. Thanks again for listening. Have a really good week. Stay well, stay healthy. I'll see you on the next episode. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and I just want to remind you, if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs, the Blueprint Learning Program and my mentorship program, all you need to do is visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.